Welcome to Beacon Baptist Church of Lexington, South Carolina. We trust today's podcast will be a blessing to you. tonight to the book of Isaiah chapter 40. I pray for your church. I pray for your pastor, your pastor's wife and their children. Pray that God do a great work here in this church. That God help you to reach Lexington and your Jerusalem and your Samaria, your Judea and the uttermost parts of the world for the glory of God. I am glad to be able to work alongside with you in this area to try to do something for God's glory. I love your pastor. I believe I reached out to you immediately when you came into the area and tried to become his friend. And he's my friend, and I sure hope I'm his. If you would look in the book of Isaiah chapter 40, I got the invitation to come preach immediately, of course, trying to find the mind of God and for this service, and almost immediately, this is the thought that God put on my heart. It took me some time to prepare it, but I believe the Lord has something for us tonight. Isaiah chapter 40, look in verse 18. I'm going to read a couple of verses to you here. To whom then will you liken God, or what likeness will you compare unto him? Look at verse 22. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth. The inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers that stretcheth out that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in that bringeth the princes to nothing. He maketh the judges of the earth as vanity. Yea, they shall not be planted. Yea, they shall not be sown. Yea, their stalks shall not take root in the earth and he shall also blow upon them and they shall wither and the whirlwind shall Take them away as stubble. stubble. Verse 25. To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold who hath created these things. That bringeth out their host by number. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one Faileth. Look at verse 12. Who, who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, and meted out heaven with a span, and comprehendeth the dust of the earth in a measure, and weighed the mountains in scales, and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the Spirit of the Lord, or being his counselor, hath taught him? With whom took he counsel, and who instructed him? And taught him in the paths of judgment, and taught him knowledge, and showed to him the way of understanding. Behold, the nations are as a drop of a bucket, and are counted as a small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh of the isles as a very little thing, and Lebanon is not sufficient to burn for the beast thereof, or nor the beast thereof sufficient for burnt offering. All nations before him are as nothing, and they are counted to him less than nothing and vanity. In verse 18, one more time, to whom then will you liken God, or what likeness will you compare unto him? 
I want to preach tonight on the subject, there's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. I hope tonight with the help of God to try to exalt our Savior, to exalt his person, to get a little glimpse of his glory and his power and his might. If I could help you tonight, get a little glory, a little glimpse of his glory and walk away with your heart stirring up about how great your God is tonight, I feel like the meeting would have been a little bit of success. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your grace, your mercy, and love. Lord, how those scriptures so moved my heart as I was reading them. God, there's nobody that can be compared unto you. There's nobody like unto you. There's nobody that can do what only you can do. There's nobody that can love the way that you have loved. I pray tonight, God, bless us with your presence. Touch our hearts with your power. May the spirit of the living God have free reign in this service. Help our hearts to be moved, pliable, and attentive to the word of God so that we'll leave a changed people. In the name of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask it. Amen. Tonight I'll do my best. I'll not be reading many more verses, but I'll be reading and quoting many verses that come from the Bible. Tonight will be a little different way of a way that I'm used to preaching what God has put in my heart. But it's the best way I can show it to you tonight and explain as we take a journey through the scriptures. As we try to walk through the books of the Word of God. It would absolutely take days of preaching like this to glean everything that we could find. Non-stop for days. But all we have is just but for a short moment. And I feel like Paul when he said, time would fail me. To tell you of, of, of Gideon and tell you of Samson and the others that he mentions. I find tonight as we tread through the book of Genesis... That in the beginning, the Bible says there was God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. His spirit, he said, will not always strive with man, yet man in the book of Genesis found grace in the eyes of the Lord. He is the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, he is thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. He's the God of blessings. He is the one who is called the Shiloh that is to come, the lawgiver. He's the scepter of Judah. As we move into the book of Exodus, he is the I am that I am. He's the Passover lamb. He's the protector of his people and the God that is able to deliver. He is a cloud by day and a pillar by night. As he's a cloud by day for God's people, he gives light for the journey. He shows you the way as he leads the way ahead of you. And at night, he's a fire by night. And as he gives light, even in the dark hours, thank God, he gives light in the dark hours of our life. At a dark moment, even as he seems to bring deliverance, and yet the enemy is still on our trail. As he was a fire by night, he stood between God's people and he stood between the enemy. And as he was a fire by night that gave light to his people to cross over the Red Sea, he provided a wall of darkness to the Egyptians that could not see. Thank God he's a pillar of uh, a cloud by day, and yet he's a pillar of fire by night. He's water in our wilderness. 
He is the divider of this sea, the one that will hide you in the cleft of the rock. And tonight, hopefully, he'll hide us in the cleft of the rock and give us a little glimpse of his glory as he passes by. That's been my prayer for this service. In the book of Leviticus, he is the Lamb of Leviticus. He is the Lord of the law, the fulfillment of the sin offering. He is the fulfillment of the peace offering that makes peace with God. He's the burnt offering that atones for our sin. Thank God if you'll look at this tonight, he is, as they would take the shoulder of that lamb, he is the heave offering that the priest heaved up before God. And then he is the wave offering as they wave the bread before God. I'm telling you, friend, the most perfect, beautiful picture you'll ever see of the cross of Calvary. And he fulfilled the heave offering and he fulfilled the wave offering. He is in the book of Leviticus a jealous God. He's not content to share your heart with anybody. He doesn't want part of you. He wants all of you. He's a jealous God. Matter of fact, it says his name is jealous. He is the judge of his people. And thank God he will not justify the wicked because he's a holy God. The book of Numbers says that he's a God that knows a number of his people. Thank God that he knows those that are his. He knows who belongs to him. He's the fullness of goodness. He's the fullness of mercy. Yet he will still judge his people for their sins. And he's the blessing from Pisgah's lofty height. In the book of Deuteronomy, he is the God that has loved us. And he wants us to love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, with all of your might. Can I say tonight, church, he's worthy of that kind of love. The way he loved us, it's only right that we should love him that way. Deuteronomy says he is not a rock, but he is the rock. And his ways are judgment. He's a God of truth and without iniquity. He is just and right in all that he does. The God who rideth upon the heavens and his excellency rideth upon the sky. The eternal God, which is our refuge and underneath are his everlasting arms. I'm telling you, friend, he'll bear you up when you feel like you can't stand. Thank God in the weary moments of our life, there are some everlasting arms beneath us and we can trust that. In the book of Joshua, he's the Lord God of gods. And they said again, he is the Lord God of gods. The one who commandeth the sun to stand still in the heavens. And the one who causes the moon to stay in his place. He is a God that you should choose. Because Joshua said, choose you this day whom you'll serve. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He's a God that gives you a choice. But there's consequences, consequences for the choice. In the book of Judges, he displays his power and his deliverance by using man, the feebleness of man. In the book of Ruth, he is the kinsman's redeemer. Right. He giveth hope when there seems like there is no hope. Right. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what goes on in your life. I don't know what happens in your church. But many times we'll be in a situation where there seems like there's no hope. And he'll step in our life and step on the scene in such a big way. And when the will of God is all done and performed, you couldn't see how he did it. All you can do is stand up and rejoice that God is fullness of goodness and he's full of mercy. I find in the book of First and Second Samuel, he opens the, he opens the barren womb. Thank God he can. 
He also finds a man after God's own heart. He's still looking for those kind of men. Yes, in the book of First and Second Samuel, there is a cause. David said, is there not a cause? I say, there is a cause, and the battle is still the Lord's. First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, he, governs, he still governs among the kings. He is still the, the divider of kingdoms. Matter of fact, there's none like him in heaven above, is what it says, nor in the earth beneath. His eyes run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. You want to see God do great things? Let your heart be perfect toward him. His eyes are still running to and fro throughout the earth. He wants to show himself strong. God wants to display his might and his power. And he wants to do it through me and you. You say, I want to see God move in a big way. Then be what you're supposed to be. I want God to move in our church in a big way. Then your church needs to be perfect before him. And he'll show himself strong and mighty on your behalf. In the book of Ezra, he gave a little space for grace. From grace, for grace. Show from the Lord our God. Also, he gives his place a nail. He gives his people a nail in his holy place. He lightens our eyes. And the Bible says he gives a little reviving in our bondage. He is a God that, that punishes us less than our iniquities deserve, is what Ezra said. Is that not true? That God has punished us less than what our iniquities deserve? God's been good to you. God's been full of grace to you. In the midst of your bondage of sin, how many times has it been when you come to heaven, it seemed like, come to church, heaven seemed to be brass. Seemed like you couldn't get through before the service was over. God gave you a little reviving in the midst of your bondage. Nehemiah shows us that he can rebuild a wall out of nothing but heaps of rubbish. I say to you tonight, I don't care what's happened in your life. God can pick up the pieces and make something out of it. He's still building walls out of heaps of rubbish. I don't care what the devil meant for evil. God can use it for good. Only God can take and build a wall out of the midst of heaps of rubbish. And, And God's done a great work in your life and my life. Let's be honest tonight. None of us are without a past. None of us are without sin. None of us are without shortcomings. And I'm telling you, friend, God can take broken pieces and make something wonderful out of it. He's a God that can rebuild the wall out of heaps of rubbish. Thank God he can. He also is ready to pardon, Nehemiah said. He is gracious and merciful. He is slow to anger and of great kindness. And he forsakes us not. He thinks upon us for good, and he has done right, though we have done wickedly, is what Nehemiah said. In Esther, he's the gallows that hanged Haman, thank God. When the enemy rises up against you, it'll be God that stands in the gap. He is the scepter extended that has been extended to Esther. He is the masterful mind of Mordecai. Let me tell you, friend, that wasn't Mordecai's wisdom. That wasn't Mordecai's way. I'm telling you, he's the masterful mind of Mordecai, and he is the defender of his people. Amen. We also find 
we can find through the scripture that he's the God worth serving no matter what. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He said, the Lord gave and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I can remind you tonight, church, we are to bless him when he gives. And most time we do. But we are to bless him when he takes away. He is worthy to be blessed no matter what. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Job said, he knoweth the way that I take. And when I am tried, I shall come forth as gold. Your trials are not to hurt you nor to harm you. You find in the word of God that your trials are to perfect you. And to get the dross out of your life and bring forth a vessel fitted for the potter and meat for the master's use. He withdraws man from his purpose and hides pride from man. That's what God did. You gave some of my testimony. God stepped in my life, withdrew me from my purpose. I had a different purpose for life, a different direction I was going. I had it all planned and figured out. And Christ stepped in my world, withdrew me from my purpose. And all the, all the cloak of pride that I had so clothed my with, myself with, thank God he knows how to take pride away from you so you can get saved by the grace of God. So it draws man from his purpose and hide pride from men. Job said, Job said, then he is gracious unto man and saith, deliver him from going down to the pit. Listen to this. I have found a ransom. The Lord Jesus is the ransom of your soul. Thank God if you're saved, you've been delivered from going down to the pit. Because God commanded for you to be delivered from going down to the pit. Psalm says, he is our rock, our shield, our fortress, our shelter, and our song. He is our buckler and our banner. He is our shepherd and our salvation. He is our hiding place. Well, you ever felt like you needed somewhere to hide? You ever felt like you're running from the enemy and there's nowhere to go? You know what you'll find out if you've been saved any time at all? You'll find he's a good hiding place. He's a high tower. He's a shelter in the time of storm. He's a shelter from the storms that the enemy can bring against you. We find that he's also our rock. And he is our refuge. He's our redeemer. He's our Lord. And he's our life. In the book of Proverbs, he's the wisdom of the wise. He is the instruction of wisdom. He is justice judgment and equity. He gives subtlety to the simple and to the young man knowledge and discretion. Whoso hearkeneth unto him shall dwell safely and shall be quite fear of evil. Whoso that sinneth against him wrongeth his own soul. And all they that hate him, the Bible says, love death. He is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared unto him. What are you saying, preacher? There's nobody like him. There's nobody like him. Why wouldn't you serve him? Why wouldn't you love him with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength? Why wouldn't you be faithful to his house and read his book and give your life for his holy cause? There is a cause. Tonight, thank God, Ecclesiastes says, I believe he's a preacher of all preachers. Matter of fact, when he stands up to preach, everybody else sits down. There's nobody deserves to be on the platform with him. Nobody deserves to be preaching alongside him. He's the preacher of all preachers. His wisdom excels folly more than light excels darkness. He is to be feared. 
because he brings every work into judgment with every secret thing. Listen to me, church. Every secret thing. Nothing has been hid from the eyes of the Lord. Nothing's been hid from his eyes. The eyes of the Lord in every place beholding the evil and the good. With every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. In Song of Solomon, he's the song of all songs. (laughs) He's a beloved of our soul. He's a spouse of all spouses. He is the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valley. He's the fairest of the fair, the chiefest of 10,000. He said, he is my friend and my beloved. His desire is toward me. He's a bundle of myrrh. And his banner over me is love. And there's no beloved like our beloved. Thank God. Boy, that's enough preaching right there just in Song of Solomon. Isaiah, he is the virgin-born son of God. His name is wonderful. He's a counselor of counselors. He's the mighty God, the everlasting father, and the prince of peace. He is Jehovah God who is everlasting strength. Never runs out. He is a creator of the ends of the earth that fainteth not. Neither is he weary. And there's no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. He reneweth our strength like eagles. His ways are higher than our ways. And his thoughts and our thoughts. He maketh us to mount up with wings like eagles. He is the lamb that bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him with his stripes. We are healed. Thank God he binds up the brokenhearted. You ever been a broken heart? He'll bind you up. He binds up the brokenhearted. Thank God he proclaims liberty to the captives. He opens a prison to them that are bound. He giveth beauty for ashes. Amen. Isaiah said he gives beauty for ashes. Here's what I know. If we took a journey backward in your life, there's some things that happened when it took place that seemed like your life was ashes in your hand. There's times you've climbed up in a bed and maybe pulled the covers up over your head. There's times you felt like you couldn't even walk into the house of God and face anybody for how devastating the situation seemed to be. But I'm telling you, friend, never count God out. Never count God out. When a man would go on and serve God, love God, whether something he did to cause it or whether somebody else caused it, thank God he's a God full of mercy. He's full of goodness. And tonight you stand here, you sit here in the house of God when the devil handed you ashes and it seemed like it's all been burned up and all destroyed. Tonight God turned it into beauty. You've got some beauty in your life and you thought all it was was ashes. Can I say tonight there's nobody like him. Nobody that even can compare unto him. Because he can do what nobody else can do. He's done for us what we could not do for ourselves. So we find that he gives beauty for ashes. He gives the oil of gladness in the place of mourning. He gives the garments of praise in the place of the spirit of heaviness. He is the high and lofty one that inhabits eternity. And his name is holy. Jeremiah said, he's the rebuker of the backslider. If you're not right with God, he'll deal with you. He'll not let you go if you're his child in a backslidden state. He's going to rebuke you. 
He is the searcher of the deceitful heart of man. He tries the reins of the heart, and he gives to every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. In other words, you can't live like you want to and get away with it. He knows you before he even formed you in your mother's womb. He's the potter that made the clay. His word is in our hearts as a burning fire, shut up in our bones. I find in the scripture his thoughts toward us are thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give us an expected end. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. The reason sometimes we don't see great and mighty things we've never known. Because we don't call on him like he said, call. Lamentation says that our sins can withdraw his blessings. You think about that, church. Before we move on, it is in the heart of God to bless you more than you want to be blessed. It's not that you've got to convince God to bless you. It's not that you've got to beg God to bless you and somehow pour out a blessing. God wants to bless me and you more than we want to be blessed. But our sin can withdraw his blessing. Lamentation says, wherefore doth a man complain? And a man complained for the punishment of his sins. Let us search out and try our ways. And he said, let us turn again to the Lord. Let us lift up our heart with our hands unto God in the heavens. Because it's of the Lord's mercies were not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. In other words, I don't care what happened to you yesterday when you woke up today. God was on the scene giving you a new day. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. He said, the Lord is my portion. If I want, if I'm going to get a portion, give me him. Amen. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him and to the soul that seeketh him. In Ezekiel, he's looking for a man to make up the gap. And to stand in the hedge. You know what's sad in the book of Ezekiel said he couldn't find one. Right. I'm telling you, God's looking for a man. God wants to use a man. Yeah, right. Is there anybody in the house that will stand in the gap? That's willing to make up the hedge. Isaiah said, Here my Lord, send me. Amen. And I'm telling you, when God can't find a man, you know what he can do? He can raise up an army out of the valley of dry bones. God can breathe upon the dead when the living won't serve him. God can say, Ezekiel, can these bones live? He said, God, only thou knowest. He said, call to the winds, O Ezekiel. Breathe, O breath of God. And the bones begin to come together. And the flesh begin to come upon the bones. And God stood up a mighty army out of the valley of dry, dead bones. Tell your friend, God don't need you. God will raise up his own army. But God will give you the blessing of being used by him. Don't ever think God can't do without you. God just breathe on some dead bones and get it done. God's looking for a man. He's able to raise him up from the dead, but he delights to use the living. Be used of God. Stand in the gap. Daniel said his kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. We find in Daniel he's the fourth man in the fire. We find he's the Lord of the lion's den. He weighs man in his balances. 
And man has found wanting. God puts you in his balance, friend. You better have Jesus Christ in your heart because without him, you are not good enough. He has balances were found wanting. He's the ancient of days. He's Messiah, the prince. The book of Joel, he draws us with the cords of a man, with the bands of love. Let me tell you, friend, that's how he won my heart. It wasn't, thank God for judgment being preached. The judgment of God, hell got my attention. I'm going to tell you, what wasn't preaching on hell got me saved. It's preaching on the love of God. The fact that he loved somebody like me. I've talked to many sinners and said, I just don't see how he can love me. I was preaching at a graveside and a young man stood in the back and I'm talking about wet bucket loads of tears. And when the graveside was over, I went to him. I said, son, God, God speaking to your heart. He said, oh, preacher, you don't know me. He said, oh, he said, I, I don't even think God, here's what he said, I don't even think God would look my way. So we talking about, son, he said, I have been so wicked. So are you telling me, here's what he said, are you tell me God loves me? I said, son, God loves you more than you realize. Amen. He can't help but love you because he is love. Amen. So I don't care where you've been or what you've done or how bad your past is, friend. He'll draw you with bands of love. Thank God for his bands of love. So we find in the scripture that he'll take the yoke off of our jaws that the enemy has put on. And he'll lay meat before us. He said, I'll heal their backslidings. And Joel said, the Lord said in the book of Joel, I will love them freely. In other words, there's nothing you can do to make you love, make him love you. He just loves you because he is the God who is love. There's nothing, anything special about you that draws him to love you. There's nothing you've done that makes him love you. And there's nothing you can do to make him stop loving you. He said, I'll love you freely. Thank God. Because if I had to pay for God's love, I'd have never attained it. Joel said, he's a restorer of the years that the locust hath eaten up. The years that the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm hath eaten. He said, rend your heart and not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for he is gracious. He is merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. And he wants you to repent of the evil. Who knoweth if he will return and repent? And leave a blessing behind him. What's a great verse. See God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your life. With a blessing. Tonight it may seem like. You've got wasted years in your past. We've all wasted time. We all may have wasted years. We may have wasted callings. We have may, may have wasted opportunities. That God has given us. But God said, if you'll turn and serve him with all your heart, he'll give back the years that have been eaten up. You may not get back past fruit, but you'll get new fruit and an abundance of fruit that as you tread on in life, you won't look back with sadness and sorrow because your life is so consumed with God so blessing you and giving you the years back. All you can do is praise him for how good he's been to you. We don't dwell on wasted years tonight. I know when we stand before him, the theme of our heart will be, I wish I had given him more. But I know tonight God can help you pick up the pieces and make something wonderful out of your life for the glory of God. He'll leave a blessing behind him. 
We're coming down to the end of the race. Amos said, He is the Lord. The God of hosts is His name. Listen now. He said, Prepare to meet thy God, O Israel. See, there's none like him. There's not anything you can hide from him. There's nothing you've done he's never seen. Not a word you've ever said that he has not heard and recorded it. He knows it all. You better prepare to meet him. Prepare to meet thy God. Obadiah said that he, the God who searcheth out the hidden things, and he abases the proud in heart. In the book of Jonah, he's a God that had chased down a backslidden preacher to get him back in the will of God. He'll send a storm into your life to recover you. He'll send a well if that's what it means to get you back in the will of God. And we find out that Jonah said he is a gracious God. He is merciful again, slow to anger and of great kindness. In the book of Micah, he said, he has showed thee, O man, what is good and what the Lord doth require of thee. God requires for you to do justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with thy God. Nahum said he's a jealous God. Again, he's slow to anger. Let me take a time out for a second. Listen to me. Over and over and over and over. Your Bible says God is slow to anger. We ought to park right there and just worship a little while. Thank God his anger is not like mine and yours. Thank God it doesn't take just a few times for him to get upset. Thank God he is slow to anger. In other words, when you mess up, God is not at that moment so angry and disgusted with you. God is really broken over your sin and wants to restore you. But if you continue and continue and continue in rebellion against God as an unfaithful child of God, then I'm telling you he'll chasten you sometimes in his hot, sore displeasure. It does happen. So we find tonight in the scripture that he has showed us how we're supposed to walk and how we're supposed to live. Walk humbly with our God. He's a jealous God. He's slow to anger of great power. He will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm. And the clouds are the dust of his feet. You realize when he returns, he's going to come back in the clouds? I'm going to tell you, friend, probably because he takes a lap around the skies and stirs up some dust for us to go up in. The clouds are the dust of his feet. Nahum said, the Lord is good. He's a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knoweth them, look at this, he knoweth them that trust in him. God knows where your trust is at. God knows if you're trusting in your money. God knows if you're trusting in your job. God knows if you're trusting in the arm of your own flesh. And he also knows those that are trusting in him. He knows. The book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk said that he is of pure eyes than to behold evil. He cannot look on iniquity. The Lord is in his holy temple. Let all the earth keep silent before him. The Lord God is my strength, and he'll make my feet like hind's feet, and he'll make me to walk upon mine high places. God doesn't want you to stay in lowly places. If you'll humble yourself before the mighty hand of God, he'll exalt you and cause you to walk upon your high places. If you'll humble yourself under the hand of God. Zephaniah said, the Lord thy God is in the midst of thee. He is mighty 
and he will save. He will rejoice. He will rejoice over thee with joy and will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with singing. Haggai, he said, now therefore saith the Lord God. Look at this. The theme of Haggai is consider your ways. It's the theme of the book. God begins to deal with them about their ways and how they have not followed his way and how they have kept let his house undone, took care of their own houses. And God gets done with all love and he said, I need you to consider your ways. Tonight, if we would truly consider our ways, instead of spending so much time considering everybody else's ways, then maybe we'd turn our feet unto the Lord and his testimonies, his past and his judgments. Maybe we would turn to the Lord from our own backslidings. Maybe we'll turn from our own unfaithfulness. Because I'm telling you, friend, if you want to see where you're at, don't compare yourself to me. Don't compare yourself to the church member sitting next to you or somebody in front of you or behind you. If you want to know where you stand, compare yourself to him who is the incomparable one. Then you'll see how short of his glory you come. As long as we compare ourselves among ourselves and measure ourselves by ourselves, we may fare okay. But that's not the measurement we should measure by. So tonight, consider your ways. Let us consider our ways and turn our feet unto the Lord. Zechariah said, therefore, saith the Lord of hosts, turn you unto me, saith the Lord of hosts. Listen to this. What a beautiful thing. He said, turn unto me, saith the Lord of hosts, and I will turn unto you. God wants communion with you. God wants fellowship with you. God wants companionship and friendship with you. He said, if you'll draw nigh unto God, James said, I will draw nigh unto you. And then he said in Zechariah, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation. As we end in the book of Malachi, he says, I have loved you, saith the Lord, for I am a great king, and my name is dreadful among the heathen. But unto you that fear my name shall the Son of Righteousness arise with healing in his wings, and ye shall go forth and grow up as calves of the stall. And I believe as Isaiah said in chapter 40, verse 18, To whom then will you liken God? Or what likeness will you compare unto him? Verse 25, To whom then will you liken me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Tonight, church, I hope you leave here tonight with the theme of your heart. There's nobody like him. Nobody like him. I believe that God has great things in store for your church, for your pastor and his family. And if you'll keep the right spirit and you'll go after him with all your heart, all your soul, your mind, and your strength, you'll find that the Bible says God wants to leave you with a blessing. He desires to bless you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There's nobody like him. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you. Please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.